Great. All right. Uh, Yahweh! Ciao, Fudgebaggers! Welcome to Beer Boys Podcast. Cowgirl Summer 2, why not? Uh, Anaconda Edition. I'm Anaconda Adam and Urine. And I guess by default, I am Anaconda Steve. I am delighted to be here today to talk uh, gummers with you. Oh my goodness. Did I... Boy, what a treat this this uh, movie was. 1997's Anaconda. And what better way to open it than with the classic uh, song Buns Hun. Buns Hun, uh, get it wherever uh, discs are sold. Mm-hmm. Head down to your local record store and go up to the man behind the counter. Of course it's a man. And go, give me one Buns Hun. And go, get out of here. <laughs> or he might know exactly what you mean, because, of course, he listens to the podcast. Or he might even have advanced listening, because we have, like, a select underground few that we dish this out to, and most of them are record store employees. Yes, we say play this in your local HMVs and uh, and and really just get the word out, you know, the week, you know, a couple days before the podcast comes out, make sure to play this Holy Christian podcast in your local record store. Has anybody tried this yet? Reaching out to their local record stores and getting them to uh, play their podcast? I don't know. That's a good, uh, that's a great question. I don't see why anyone would oppose that idea. I think it's healthy. I think it's wealthy. And I think it's wise. Well said. And I, I think all you scumbags out there that are doing podcasts other than ours, uh, give it a shot and let us know if it works. It, I couldn't uh, think of a better thing to walk into an HMV in here oh, yeah. uh, Na- than a podcast. Name one more record store. I dare you. I dare you to think of one. Sunshine Records. Ooh. Okay, you got me. Well, I couldn't. Goody. You couldn't. You couldn't I, do it. Goody got you it. You could have said like Kmart or um, Haitian sunshine that's true i could have said the electronic section of walmart or the electronic section of best buy or the electronic section of target any of those would have been appropriate you ever work in any of those electronic sections no i've never i hate electronics and i hate using them i feel like it'd be like you were at war working in one of those uh (laughs) sections because somebody's trying to get something all the time you gotta be valid vigilant and trained well yeah and i would get mad at people a lot i feel like people would be like oh can i get like season 15 of gray's anatomy and go get the hell out of here no you can't have that why why would you want that are you a completionist are you some kind of weirdo get out of here Whomst cares is what I'd yell at them. I'd be a real a Daryl in that situation. Nice, classic Daryl. Whomst cares. <laughs> but this Beautiful. week, this week, John Voight Summer rolls on with another JV <laughs> classic. We're talking about 1997's Anaconda, a movie that I, after watching it, I realized I've definitely never seen this movie before. No, I've never watched this movie all the way through. Of course, it's on the Haitian movie channel all the time. <laughs> of course. And has been for the last 20 years, but uh, definitely haven't seen this from tip to taint. There's a couple of lines that I've said throughout my life and maybe has like impacted the way I think and feel. But no, I have not seen this movie all the way through. Well, you are famously known for walking around going, buns, hun. Give me them buns, <laughs> hun. You say that to everyone all the time, from burger jockeys yeah, to and, your wife. And I'm implying anaconda sexually, of, of course. Of course, yeah. And sometimes not even implying it, just saying like, my penis wants buns, hun. And they go, wow, yeah. that's, this is Wendy's. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I don't say anaconda. I just say my penis. <laughs> Well, you forget. Anaconda is a long word. It sometimes your brain doesn't have room for it, but it always has room for penis. So you can you always can go. My penis wants this. My penis don't want none. Let's go. Well, I'm very concerned about efficiency, and yeah, maybe anaconda's in my head, but then I blurt out penis. Of course, uh, to get through it. I mean, Sir makes a lot as being a, a cheeky little coy boy when he says anaconda, because we all know what he is implying. He's implying his. 40 foot long penis that sheds its skin every couple of years and uh and wants buns hun 
He definitely wants to imply that he has a larger than average penis, and good for him. You gotta up yourself when uh, you're presented with an opportunity. It's called peacocking, and uh, really, yeah, it's it's a good opening line to go. I have a penis that would be comparable to what an anaconda would be like in the wild, uh, growing to. Even though anacondas only grow to about seventeen and a half feet, that's the biggest one ever seen, other than the one in this, the two in this movie actually, but. Most women in bars don't know that. When you're picking up chicks, they don't know anaconda facts the way you do, and you can impress them with your knowledge of anacondas. Are those the uh, anaconda facts that you got from the IMDb page of this movie? Yeah, of course. (laughs) (laughs) You know what else I found out? Every second of CGI snake cost $100,000. (laughs) $100,000. We love you, IMDb. Everything on there is true and factual. It's nice doing a movie like this because it's well-trod territory and there's lots of facts that are good for podcasting. Oh, yeah. Hey, uh, before we get too deep into what our anacondas do and don't want, uh, should we do the Pure Boys Prayer? Let's do it. All right. God God bless bless our podcast, please. God bless all podcasts, please. We love you, please. Amen. Amen. Or a woman. Uh, what are you drinking this week, buddy? It's why not. Well, it is why not, and I definitely had a lot left of this bottle, and it's only been a couple of days since our last record, so I am back <laughs> to La Ville Fernet. Ooh, that's my favorite Coldplay album. All right. Yeah. Don't they, don't they have an album called like La Ville en Rose or something like that? Something like that. Yeah, probably some stupid and hippie and left-wing bullcrap yes. European. <laughs> yeah, some album that smells like Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina. That wouldn't be bad. I well, I could see you two doing that, or maybe like the Berlin Symphony Orchestra. <laughs> Every album comes with a scratch and sniff snicker. Smells like uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina. Almost like Gwyneth yeah. Paltrow's anaconda. Ooh, that's good. If if Gwyneth Paltrow came out and said her vagina was called Anaconda from now on, <laughs> I'd be in support of that rather than anything else she's done. Well, yeah, lately. I would Burn. Have, you got her. Sorry, Gwyneth, we just lost a listener. Uh, thank you so much she, for asking. Of course. Thank you so much for asking, Steve. I'm drinking a Peller Family Cabernet Sauvignon, week four. Well, I'm sorry I did not ask you, but I had I had a tight like twenty more minutes on Gwyneth Paltrow <laughs> that I was just like churning through my brain. That's so fair. I, I'm glad you picked up the slack and told us what you're having. Hey, uh cheers to you, buddy, and why not? Yes to you and why not? Clink. Chug. And of course I'm gonna have a delightful small sip to get the palate uh, going. <sighs> How was your chug? A lot smoother than last week. Had a nice smooth finish. I would have to say for the listeners, he's not like chugging a little bit of wine. This is a full glass, at least six ounces, probably veering towards nine ounces that yeah. he is chugging. Hey, I'm always between six to nine, you know? Yeah. yeah. Does yours vary in size a lot when you get boners? Uh, Well, my anaconda don't want none. I don't know what that means as far as size and blood flow. I mean, it's always it's always the same size, right? Small. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I found a dime on the floor today at my oh. work, and I feel like a dime in life. <laughs> I would if someone said, "Can you?" <laughs> if someone said, "Can you rate Steve on terms of looks?" I'd go, "He's a dime." Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Did you do any sounding with that dime? You stick it up your urethra, stretch it out a bit. No, I would I not never. Like I could see a world <laughs> where I would do that, but yeah. like not today and not where my life is right now. That's fair, yeah. That's more of like a old Steve thing. Like when you're like yeah. when you're like in your when you're retired, then it's time to start, you know, gauging stretching it out. Yeah, gauging your urethra a little bit. Because what else are you gonna do? Take up like woodworking or something? No. Put sounding rods up there. Yeah, help out your prostate and start stretching out your urethra, you old pieces of crap. Yeah, start doing it now so that your 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 prostate is healthy, wealthy, and wise. 
Thank you. Well, I I don't think I need to do this right now. I'm only a few years older than you. Uh, too late. But I'd say 45 you start. But okay, but you're a few years older than me. You just turned 39. Is that correct? Close, yeah. How old did you turn? Your birthday was just two days ago, or three days ago, yeah. or a week okay. ago. I don't want to say it out for the listeners because they might figure it out. Okay. But two less than what you said. Oh, okay, great, gotcha. So 41. Uh, wink, wink. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, are you going to see the doctor to get fingers up your bum yet? No, you're not supposed to go until uh, you're 84. Not I think, supposed now. to, but like, who's stopping you? Well, I I probably uh, should. I yeah. um, I've been thinking about it hard uh, lately. I called my doctor to get a once over a little while ago, and he said, "Nah, not during the <laughs> pandemic. That's not." Uh. He's like, "I don't wanna." Yeah. Please. Basically, that's the energy. <laughs> hey, Doc, I got this weird lump all over my body, and uh, I just yeah. need to get it checked out. Nah, I don't really, I don't really feel like it. Uh, pandemic, time short. You know, yeah, we're he, all gonna... he pointed to his watch, but it was over the phone, so I don't know. What <laughs> he, he said we're all gonna die one day. What do you want to come yeah. in for that now? <laughs> just enjoy the time you have left. Yeah. What do you want a medal? <laughs> yeah, we all got lumps, pal. They're called you nuts. <laughs> You're like, I don't, I don't know. I feel like maybe I have mumps. I don't know. It's kind of unsettling that I have no idea what my doctor was wearing during that uh, appointment. You don't ask. You don't ask. The first question you ask when you call your doctor isn't "What are you wearing?" It will be now for sure. I be. I haven't read the books on what to do when you're expecting to phone your doctor. <laughs> I what to expect when you're expecting to phone your doctor. I've uh, exactly. I've had the same doctor for many years, most of my life. He treated me as a boy, and then he checked my testicles when I became older than a boy. And, uh, mm. you know, we have a weird working relationship. But every time I call him, I go, hey, Dr. W, what are you wearing? And he goes, oh, just my <laughs> stethoscope. And I go, oh, Lordy, you're a Harvard graduate. Harvard? Well. He's a Harvard man. He's not a Harvard man. I lied about that. He, uh, But he does have a Nobel Peace Prize. That's true. <laughs> That's a true thing. It's probably better than going to Harvard, but uh, you should definitely whisper under your breath every time you see him, like, something about you wishing he oh, yeah. went to Harvard. Oh, you got a Nobel Peace Prize, but you wish you went to Harvard. Peace? Oh, it's for peace? Peace. Peace and love. Uh, you got it from my Ringo Starr. Peace. Yeah. Cure cancer already. Right? Peace. Peace of shit is what I call that. <laughs> And you spit, and yeah. then you get out of there. Exactly, yeah. No, but he really has one. He was a part of, like, a <laughs> <Yeah>. committee. <laughs> he was, like, a part of, like, a committee of people that did something, and they all got Nobel Peace Prizes. It looks like a scam, but he insists that it's real. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so it looks like a scam? Well, it's, it, it's Does a... it have weird, like, writing? Yeah, it says there's a lot of, like, there's, like, a, there's a hand making a jack-off hand motion on the bottom of it. Yeah, yeah I got a Nobel Peace Prize, he says. It's graffiti writing all over it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know. it's written in Comic cool. Sans. It's written in Creepster font. Man, that sounds like a great doctor. Does he exist still, or she? Oh, he, of course. Uh, yeah, he still exists. I don't like him at all, actually. We don't need, <laughs> we don't need, I've seen him for 30-some years. I don't like my doctor. He's a... He's a weirdo. He's got a Nobel Peace Prize. He's a weird dude. Go to a different doctor. Then. You know how hard it is to find a doctor in this economy? It's impossible. In this Haitian economy? Oh. I mean, it's like water to ducks. <laughs> Truly, yeah. You, there's too much of it. Yeah, too much of it. Too much of it. Hey, Steve, I got a very important question to ask you, and you might you might have been prepared for it, um, because I ask you every week, and that question is, of course, whomst was the beggar Vance of JL Family Ranch, the wedding gift, 2020? A.K.A. JL Family Ranch 2. 2. Whomst? This is an absolute heartbreaker of a decision because mm. there were so many op options, especially uh, the fact that there wasn't a standoff. That was probably my second runner-up. But I'd have to say my banger vance of this film was definitely John Ford. <laughs> now, <laughs> Adam, <laughs> who did you think was the banger vance? of JL Family Ranch wedding. Oh, wow. Well, thank you so much for asking, Steve. Uh, for me, the beggar Vance of JL Family Ranch colon the wedding gift 
was probably Bo Derek's brother, who was there to kind of kickstart the the plot in motion and uh, and just really you know the most important story of that movie is them getting a good review in B and B magazine, and we can thank. Bo Derek's brother, whatever his name, he's not given a name in the movie, I don't think. So whatever his name is, we can thank him. And that's why he's my bigger fans. I like it. I thank you. Thirty-five seconds until till this segment is over. Oh, so we're going till the end then? Always. This this one plays plays to the bone. We never listen to the end of Kevin Sorbo, but we always listen to the end of Whom's the Beggar Vance was. Well, I think your pick was absolutely delightful. Big up magazines. Big up uh, <laughs> B&Bs. Blah! We love you. We love you. And also, great choice on John Voight. I, uh, you can't go wrong with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's tough. It's a tough one. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah, well, no, I didn't. But that, that's neither here nor there. I hated it more than the first one. And I hated that one immensely. Yeah, well, this one, I mean, the second one didn't have as much uh, dog whistles in it, so how could you enjoy it as much? Yeah, and they didn't bring up the fact that they can't uh, shoot wolves in the second one, which really killed my boner. I mean, my what I like to think is that in the four years between the first one and the second one, they got permission and they killed all the wolves in that area. They slaughtered them in one bloody summer, and just every farm in the in the county has ten wolf pellets on their wall. Well, then you put together a very simple scene of a mass grave of a bunch of wolves, and that's easy. Oh, yeah, you put together a nice montage of John Voight and James Conn riding horses and just going, yeah, and holding guns and shooting wolves from horses and high-fiving each other, and that's how they became friends in between the two movies. Yeah, that's how they learned to love each other. That should have really been the opening of the film, is them shooting wolves, enjoying their lives, drinking cold brew. (laughs) Yeah, drinking coffee, drinking delicious cold brew. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they should have made a, a in betweenquel called uh, JL Family Ranch Summer of Slaughter. Beautiful. I love and it, it. And you could turn it into a video game as easy as pie. Oh, you just take the Redneck Rampage engine and put anything you want on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. Have an arcade version, put it in every movie theater sure. in the northern uh, United States. Oh, yeah. Just reskin Carnival and make them all wolves. It's easy. Hey, are you drinking a Wendy's cold brew? I am drinking a Wendy's Frosty Chino. I don't like that name. I feel like they could have done better than that name. Well, it's, I think, maybe coffee or cold brew. I don't know. Just mixed with the Frosty, and it's absolutely delightful. Like, there's ice cream in that? Yeah, it's oh, uh, Frosty and coffee. That sounds really good, actually. God damn, I might have to it's, get one. That sounds great. Yeah. Hey, this segment brought to you by Frosty Chinos. The Kevin Sorbo Tweet of the Week. Kevin! Uh. All right, Kevin, give us what you got. This uh, was pushed out at 3.46 p.m. on June 20th, 2022. Oh, Hitler's birthday. So many 20s. Isn't that crazy? I feel like we're going to be saying that for the the next eight years. (laughs) That glass of wine... That glass of wine hit me like a punch in the face. That that hit me like a, a wasp in my mouth. Oof. Yeah, it's going to be a puckered night, if you know what I mean for you. Oh, yeah. Ah, uh, so Kevin Sorbo oh, awesome. politicians should be limited to two terms, colon, one in office and one in prison. Here. Okay, sure. Kevin, what are you trying to say there? <laughs> like... I don't know. We all know what's going on right now in the States and in the world. There's some political strife and some interesting court cases going on. What are you trying to say, Kevin? Who's... Oh, he's obviously talking about Hillary. Lock her up. Yeah, I'm pretty sure lock her up was a preface to this tweet. And uh, they want Hillary to be in jail. But don't you have to give her a term first? Well, exactly. He wants Hillary to be president for one term and then lock her up for second term straight to jail. But he is saying politicians. Any so I think he's saying everybody who runs for office should go and serve their country or their state or service. their local community. 
but immediately yeah. following uh, their dismissal, they have to go to jail for a little of bit. Course. Or if, equal term. Even if you're on like the, the school board or something like that, you do one term on the school yeah. board and you go straight to jail for one more term, which is four years. That's easy. You can do four year you can do a four year bid, that's nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you run for council for your local small town community. Yeah. You you have to go to jail after. Yeah, you gotta go to the sheriff's office and sit in the single jail cell in your small podunk town. Which I think is a genius uh, move. I mean, knowing that you have to go to prison right after you serve will make people uh, choose the right path. Of course. And it's, you know, it's all about holding people accountable and going like, look, we know you took bribes. We know you broke all kinds of laws because you're a politician. Just go to jail for four years. The slate is wiped clean. You tried to overthrow the government and a failed coup on January 6th. Just go to jail for four years and then... All's, all's well that ends well. And all those people who run will really think about it this time and not just seek power. That's they're going it. to jail. You're going to jail. You're not going to be able to get a job doing construction after this. I'm sorry. The, the background checks. Sure, you were the president, but you also are a criminal. You're a jailbird. You, what are you going to do? Paint? Get out of here. Yeah, instead of selling novels, you'll just be digging ditches. <laughs> Rightfully so. Great. Why great, not? Kevin. Why not? Gay Kevin. Why not? Gay Kevin. Uh, great as always. We love you. Uh, we love you so much. Oh, my God. You're the best. He's such a forward thinker, this one. And um, I think you have just revitalized the whole political system. I agree. Uh, me or Kevin? Uh, mm, well, all right. Hey, you know what the best thing about being a teen girl is? Um, hmm. Uh, brownies? Nope. It's getting to have a John Void summer. Oh, why not? Why n- Hey, why not? I just had a sip. Why not have another one? Yeah, why not have another one? I'm going to have a sip with you. Is that your second glass or your first? It's definitely still my first glass. Wow, coward. All right, well, uh, <laughs> it's time. Let's go, let's God. It's time to really sink our fangs, unhinge our jaws, and sink our fangs into... 1997's Anaconda, a John Voight classic. It truly is a classic. It came up as his, like, this is guy is known for Anaconda. Yeah, he's known for Anaconda, Orphan Horse, and the JL Family Ranch duology, and Anaconda. I was going to ask if he was in Orphan Horse, but he definitely was in Orphan Horse. Oh, yeah. I remember. Yeah, that's what he's known for. That's probably what he's best known for is Orphan Horse. Norfin horse. Known for Orphan Horse. Known for Orphan Horse. I could talk like that for hours. Oh, me too. Oof, this wine is great. It's delicious. Hey, Peller (laughs) family. Peller family, you done done it again. God, this box is still like half full. I don't think I'm drinking enough wine. Like, this wine's going to go bad before I finish it. How long? This is it's good for six weeks, and then it turns immediately into vinegar. I don't know what I'm going to do. Immediately into piss. As soon as that uh, six weeks comes up, mm-hmm. you should probably have like a wine seance or something and like force people to come over and drink your wine. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, that's a great idea. It's so hot in my studio right now. And I think part of it is that I just I'm chugging wine. But also, it's just so yeah. friggin' hot in here right now as well. I love it. You know what a bag of wine would be good uh, for? Because if mm. you take it out of the box, it's just a bag. Just a bag. Uh, you take it to the ball game. Put it in a purse or something, and uh, why not? You take it to the ball game. You just drink it over your head like a savage. You cut the bottom out of it, and you just dump wine all over yourself. Let the wasps get at you. <laughs> people would stare. I I feel like that would grab a couple of people's attention, and <laughs> why not? Yeah. But oh my god, the imagery of that is very oh. funny. I mean, I'll tell you, the furries at the at the ball game would definitely come over and say hi to you and pat you on the head and, and like, cover their eyes and rub their faces and god, I hate furries. Yeah, they might cover you in a tent and bring over emergency services because <laughs> I don't think anybody has ever been doused in red liquid at a baseball game. From mm-hmm. a bag, no less. I know, right? Those uh, coolers that they dump on the coaches are filled with, like, blue Gatorade. They're not filled with red wine. I mean, that would be great if they did that, and then it just, at, like, 
at the World Series, they dumped it on the head coach of, the, of like, Roberto Alomar, the head coach, and it turns out that it was just full of red wine the whole time, and he's like, you grabbed the wrong one, that's Coach's secret stash! Sober for 20 years. Well, I guess so. He's He's got a thirst for other things. <laughs> why not? Why, hey, why not? That clink, clink didn't really work well when I clinked the mic stand, but that's okay. I mean, I heard it. Now, before we get into Anaconda, sure. I want to ask you if you have been a fan of John Boyd ever in your life. Like, are there any movies that you genuinely, like, love of his? Yeah, other than Orphan, Orphan Horse, Horse Jail Family Ranch. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I don't think I've seen a John Voight movie until we watched Orphan Horse. I couldn't tell you... <laughs> A single John Voight movie that I've seen. I mean, I'm I was aware of who John Voight is, and I'm aware that he's in Anaconda, and of course Orphan Horse and the Jail Family Ranch duology. But I couldn't. I Midnight Cowboy, but I couldn't tell you anything else that he's in. Is there anything else that he's famous for besides? I know him as Angelina Jolie's dad. That's how I know John Voight personally. He's in the Tomb Raider movie, of course. Haven't seen that. Um, you haven't seen that? It's nope. uh, bad, probably. I don't know. Is he in both um, of them, or just the first one? I'm assuming you're talking about the Angelina Jolie ones, not the new one. Because who cares about the yeah. new one? The Jolie one. Well, maybe we're watching Tomb Raider next week. I don't know. Uh, yeah, probably. This this joke about John Voight Summer is turning into a real John Voight Summer, so I, I don't know. <laughs> Well, I feel like it. Uh, we lost it a little bit, or we're looking forward to turning on to something else. But now that Anaconda is in our bones, how do we how do we give it up? Right, I kind of feel like we should just do John Voight Summer. I'm I'm really leaning into that right now. National Treasure movies, uh, the Karate Dog, <laughs> of course, those always spoken in the same breath. He was, he played John Paul uh, the Second Pope. Uh, in a TV miniseries? <laughs> well, we should definitely watch that. That sounds great. How many episodes in that miniseries? If it's like three, then I'm in. It's two. Oh, then I'm extra in. That's easy. That's <laughs> two hours. That's a movie length. Apparently, he was in The Manchurian Candidate. Gotta see that. <laughs> sure, yeah. I bet he's the guy who whispers into <laughs> Denzel Washington's ear, go kill the president. And he goes, I have to go kill the president. Well, he's very good at being wooden, so I think uh, that's for him. Uh, he... He did uh, Zoolander. It was the nah. Father. He's like small in Zoolander. I don't think I don't think we could justify Zoolander. But I mean, I love him. I you know what? That might have been the only John Voight performance I've ever seen outside of these movies that we've watched for this podcast. I think it's just Zoolander, and he's great in that. Him and Vince Vaughn. Oh, they're a dynamic duo. It's crazy that they like literally shrank him though. He's like a little bit smaller in that. Well, they made Ben Stiller stand on a like a milk crate, so he looked taller. Yeah, okay. And he wore they a They didn't have suit. the film for it. Man, isn't it crazy that, like, did Zoolander, did Zoolander come out before or after Anaconda? What year did Zoolander uh, come out? Well, it came out uh, the same year that uh, Tomb Raider came out. No, but I'm just so thinking, think like, it's great that John Voight and Owen Wilson were in two movies together. What a treat, because Owen Wilson is great in Anaconda, I guess. Yeah, Anaconda came out uh, before. Like oh, four good. years before. Do you think that when they met on the set of Zoolander, they were like, hey, Anaconda. You... <laughs> yeah, you looking at me, looking at you, Anaconda. Where's your ponytail, John Voight? <laughs> Where's your accent, John Voight? <laughs> oh, my God. That accent is, uh, if he didn't win an Oscar for best portrayal of a, of a Paraguayan, I don't know who would have won. Well, you can definitely tell it's straight out of uh, Paraguay. Mm -hmm. And... <laughs> Um, for some reason, the ponytail and his uh, Paraguayan uh, lilt uh, definitely reminds me of Steven Seagal. It just seems like this is him acting like Steven Seagal based on anything I've seen him do. That's pretty good. My, I was going to say he acts a lot like he speaks a lot like Christopher Walken in this movie. But I think that, oh, yeah. like, but I, I definitely see the Seagal influence there. I, I know exactly what you mean. Like, just his, like... Just his squinty eyes and the fact that his lip is always curled up and he's always just like, Oh, you gotta, oh, you gotta, gotta, gotta snake, gotta go, gotta snake. It's, it's classic Seagal. And like all the stories I've heard about Seagal on set, like he's just an insane man. And so is John Boyd's character in this movie. He oh, just God. says 
like weird, crazy lines all the time, and he probably like forced the director to put him in. Oh, he definitely didn't have that accent when the script was written. Like they were, he just showed uh, up on set and was like, "I think I'm gonna talk like I'm gonna talk like this. I'm gonna go. Hey, I gotta got a snake. Gotta come. Go come out. Got. I'm a snake hunter." Yeah, he's got a lazy jaw, and he knows how to use it. Oh, yeah. He's channeling Marlon Brando, Christopher Walken, and Steven Seagal into one mega actor, one mega performance. Although, he hasn't had a woman in a while, so it's, uh, doesn't even know how to use that slack jaw. No, no, no. At one point, Ice Cube looks at him and goes, hey, what that mouth do? And he goes, ah, I've been so long, I don't even know what the mouth do. It's kind of Cajun when I do him. He's a bit Cajun. I feel like he definitely has a Cajun drawl throughout this whole movie, or at least what he thinks is Paraguayan. Yeah, he says he's from Paraguay, but I think he's from I think he's from Caja. Yeah, from deep south Caja. Oh, oh, I got a got a snake cooking in a gumbo. Oh, uh. <laughs> he should have done that. Like it is kind of close to that. It's not, but yeah. It, he should have gone straight Cajun. Oh, he should, it would have been. I mean, his performance is, is one for the history books. But, yeah, if he had gone just a little more Cajun and been like, ah, catch a river, river fish, and uh, cook, crawl down, and I'm making it a gumbo. Uh, that'd be great. Cooking monkeys all over the place. <laughs> uh, the best jungle fare an anaconda could get. When when he shot that monkey, did you think he was just shooting it for fun? Because I definitely did when he was just like, stop the boat. I want to kill a monkey. It's like, you're a cool guy, John. Oh, sorry. He was like, ah, oh, stop the ball. I want to kill a monkey. I was like, you're a cool guy. <laughs> well, he probably planted that uh, monkey there because all yeah. of this was, uh, you know, preordained. This whole trip oh. was a disaster from the very beginning. Including John Voight. He's preordained as a failed minister in this movie. I never fail. I'll fail, you No, I <laughs> never fail. Me? Cracky. Oh. I didn't fail. I hop a, a fan boat and I crew the swamp to the bow and catch a big snake. All this Cajun talk has really uh, brought up what something I wanted to talk about, Please. which is that they definitely filmed some of this in the Amazon rainforest. According to IMDb apparently. trivia, yes, they definitely did. But I have the note, like, did they film this in Brazil or Louisiana? Because either way, it's yeah. kind of the same. Well, that's my thing. Why would you drive drive all the <laughs> way down to the Amazon? Well, why right? would you drive a boat all the way down to Amazon? <laughs> When you could just go down to Louisiana and film the exact same thing. Oh. It just looked like swamp. I just get some sweet tax credit from the Louisiana <laughs> Film Commission. The Louisiana Film Commission is very, you know, <laughs> they're very giving. Oh, yeah. They they love it. They love when anybody comes down to the show of the swamps. Oh, you guys got John Boyd and Ice Cube? Yeah, this sounds like a 90s uh, monster movie for wow. sure. You got Made in Manhattan's J-Lo years before she made Made in Manhattan? Wow. You got Money Train's J-Lo? Wow. You got the butler from Richie Rich? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> oh, yeah, for real they did. Oh, did they ever? And you got Eric Stoltz? And you just you promised him a leading role, and then you put him in a coma for 95% of the movie? Wow. Is it just me, or does Eric Stoltz come off as, like, a creepy dad every role he's in? I couldn't tell you one other role he's in besides Mask. Well, of course. I, I don't think I've seen Mask. Is that the Mask, but different? Yeah, it's like uh, a man puts on a mask and it makes his face all freakish and deformed, but not green, and so it's not a comedy. Oh, okay. It's more of a comedy? Yeah, he bangs... Oh, ro romance? He tries to bang Cher instead of Cameron Diaz, and it's just like, eh, I don't know. Cameron Diaz, that was in her prime. That's not Cher in her prime. Yuck. <laughs> Believe Cher, that Cher in her, Cher prime. her prime. No, no, no. 1999 Believe Cher. That's Cher in her prime. This is very true. And she's so glamorous. She should have uh. been an anaconda. She should have been the anaconda, maybe. Truly, yeah. In unhinged her jaw. She, if there's one thing I know about Cher, she's not satisfied after eating a victim. She'll regurgitate her prey in order to kill and eat again. And she doesn't have a real jaw. And she has no limbs and she slithers around on the floor. 
I think that's a good edit. If the director is still out there, please take your anaconda and shove it and put <laughs> uh, that lady. You're talking about Louis Losa? Yeah, Louis Luosa. Louis Luosa, who directed this movie, one other movie, and then went, I don't want to direct movies anymore. The whole movie seemed like it didn't want to get shot. Like, it seemed like nobody was having fun on set. Nobody wanted to be in the bayou anymore. And nobody wanted to be with John Voight. No, certainly not. I bet John Voight was a... I bet he method acted that whole movie, and he was just a menace on set. Just holding a knife and putting it up to the scar on his face and going, you know, I got a scar, boy. I got Swall by snake. A little Forrest Gumpy. Give me Gumpy. that gumbo right quick. Oh. Or I'm gonna have the vapors. Jenny, give me that gumbo. I'm John Voight, and I'm gonna run real fast from this anaconda. Now he's turning into like a South Carolina like a uh, cotton farmer well i say i say <laughs> i got this anaconda god love just a glass of sweet tea and uh catch this anaconda right quick god loves himself an anaconda <laughs> in the evening <laughs> my jello my anaconda don't want none uh i say unless you got buns hon buns hon why didn't Ice Cube play that song in this movie? He's got a CD player, and he's got CDs. Why isn't there a, a, a mix? Uh, what's Sir Mix-A-Lot album in there? I don't know. Like, that movie came, that song came out by then, right? Yeah, it came out in, like, 1965. It I think it's, like, I think it was played at Woodstock, if I remember correctly. Well, it definitely <laughs> should have been playing during the credits. The credits, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> I saw you laughing, and me saying credits at the same time as seeing you laughing <laughs> and, uh, screwed up my line. I just love it. I don't know what I was going to say. Uh, something about John Voight, probably? Probably, yeah. John Voight, he carries this movie. I mean, John Voight and J-Lo's see-through shirts definitely carry this movie. JLo's role is so dumb in this movie. She yeah. is just sitting there and is just wet toast throughout <laughs> this whole movie. What's her role on the film crew? Because, like, Ice Cube is the cameraman, Owen Wilson's the sound man, uh, Little Bird, hey, hey, Jesus, I fall in love with one of your little birds, is the, like, production manager. And. <laughs> I'm so glad you connected those two. <laughs> I, this is what I thought I pulled from this film was Little Bird. Because I swear I've been saying Little Bird for a long time. Well, you have. Because you love uh, long live uh, advertisements or whatever that long live logos. with my Little Bird. Hey, Jesus. <laughs> falling in love with one of your little birds. I think about that song all the time. It is one of the top songs in my whole life. Yeah, of course. We were getting a Long Live Logos to sponsor this band until they were out there, you know, drunk driving into women. We were going to get them to sponsor the show, make theme songs. Well, we should just play their songs all the time. Maybe as like a, um, what do they call intermission? Maybe we just like cut through half a way through the podcast and put in one of their songs. Instead of like uh, an ad break, we just put a Long Live Logos break. Exactly, <laughs> Well, listeners, uh, enjoy Long Live Logos. Okay, and we're back. Perfect. Well, hey. And we're back. And we're back. Why not? I really hoped you enjoyed that as much as we did. Oh, oh that wine is tough to drink. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, you got to stop chugging it and start hugging it. True enough. I wish I could wear some Uggs right now. I, I've heard Uggs are very comfortable. No shade. I, I think they're great. Honestly, I'm really surprised that you don't have Uggs or have never put on Uggs. Bro, I own two pairs of Crocs. How do I not own Uggs yet? I'm a man of comfort and leisure. Are both of your uh, Crocs like name brand Crocs? Yeah, of course. Yeah. You got gibbets? No, I don't have time for that garbage. That's That's a waste of money, gibbets. That's a scam, pal. Yeah, I know, but that's why I made my wife get them for but me. But if you want to get us some gibbets, if you want to get me gibbets for my Crocs, send them to pureboyspod at gmail.com, and I'll put them in my Crocs. <laughs> you can email those? <laughs> yep. Nice. I, got, I got a 3D printer. I can just print them off. Nice. Hey, you have a 3D printer? No, God, no. But the library near us has access to it. I can print it off there. 
Oh, yeah, you just bring your own goo and get it to spit out some stuff. Exactly. I walk in with a bucket full of goo, and I go, here comes the glue, and they go, right this way, sir, and they lead me in, I dump it into the machine, and I print out gibbets, and they go, there goes Johnny Gibbets. That's what we call him here at the local library. We should walk into the library with a horse, <laughs> and then <laughs> yeah. they have to make the horse into glue, obviously. Brilliant, with their 3D printers. 3D printed. 3D print a glue factory so we can turn this horse into glue is what we'll tell the underpaid library assistant. If we ever make millions of dollars off of this podcast, I think when? first thing, obviously we're protesting too much or too little Dolby. Dolby. Yeah. yeah. And then we got to take a horse to a library. Yeah, of course, and turn it into glue. Well, we'll try to get them to turn it into glue. I don't know if they have the technology, but it'll but be funny. They're a library. They must have books on how to turn a horse into glue. They must. Otherwise, why are we funding <laughs> libraries? <laughs> yeah, you can really go into a library and try to get the staff to do anything, because books are there. Yeah. They, they have the instructions. You must have the instructions on how to turn a horse into glue. This is a library, a public library next to, to an elementary school. Well, and they would go, well, we don't have a burner or, like, a pot or any of the <laughs> things in this book. And then you'd say, well, go find a different book that gives you instructions on how to turn a horse into glue using mm -hmm. library material. Mm -hmm. You go, I'm a drug dealer. I have both a burner and pot. I can hook you up with both. No problem. Yeah, I got this pocket full of ecstasy. It'll keep you going. <laughs> I, what if I give you this sticky gonge? Will that help you turn a horse into glue? And they go, I guess I it wouldn't hurt. I think cocaine would probably be more helpful. I mean, I think just like hammers would probably be most helpful. Yeah, but if you're going to offer them a truck to help them turn a horse into glue, mm -hmm. I think cocaine is it. But weed, man, makes you creative, makes you think outside the bun, man. Okay, so how about we compromise and we give them a joint? Of weed. Oh. Uh, that's rolled in cocaine. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Give them a little, uh, can't remember, cocoa powder, a little, a little cocoa blast. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I think that'll help them turn a horse into glue. Hey, you know what they, you know who loves cocoa powder? Uh, Danny Trejo, who is credited in this movie and yet is in the movie for not even the entire length of the opening credits. It's wild that he gets a credit in this movie. Do you think uh, that maybe he was not credited, like, in the original theatrical release, but then he got popular, so they added him on the VHS? I They must, because, like, why would he be credited in this movie? He has lines that are dubbed by somebody else. Like, that's not Danny Trejo's voice. He's just like, Ay, Dios mío, help me, oh! Like, that's not how Danny Trejo sounds. And he doesn't look, yeah, it barely looks like Danny Trejo. It's more of a lot of, ah, and, oh, no, an anaconda, that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, it's more of like, I'm going to dome myself before this anaconda gets me. That's that's the last thing he says in this movie. I would shoot the anaconda, baby. Right? Yeah, you have a gun. <laughs> like, why would you shoot yourself before you try to shoot the anaconda? Try the anaconda first. Throw one of your parents. Try it. Try it, pal. You got six bullets in that gun. Shoot it five times. Ah, shoot it four times, shoot one of your parrots, and shoot yourself. It was interesting seeing it now because you know who Drenny Trejo is. Like, you wouldn't in 2002, maybe. I mean, you wouldn't in 1997. Think, but you think now that he's going to, like, survive and be a part of this film, but then he just, like, shoots himself. I mean, going back to Steven Seagal, it's much like Steven Seagal in Executive Decision. You think he's going to be the star of the movie, and then he just gets iced. Spoiler alert for Kurt Russell, Charlie Sheen's Executive Decision. I I haven't seen, um, but that that sounds good. Do you think he just didn't want to do the rest of the movie? Yeah, I think he had a much bigger I think he was supposed to play the Ice Cube part, and, he, and Ice Cube was supposed to be like, Ay, Dios mío, help me, ay, 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 and then doesn't. I didn't see the riverboat part of this coming. Really? Isn't the whole movie about a riverboat? Yeah. I fully expected John Voight to go like, oh, we're gambling on his riverboat. They they pick him up during a storm. He's uh, caught in the weeds. Mm -hmm. uh, they're going on their way to see the Shirashama and film them without their permission and make a lot of money. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, the people of the mist. Yeah. And uh, John Voight just happens to be there. He's just chilling on the side of the river. And like... 
it's revealed later that he knows the captain of their boat, Mateo. So you'd mm. think that like they're in cahoots together, but they're not. Like they don't do anything together. They just like and they stumble across Danny Trejo's boat, and it's revealed that they also know Danny Trejo. So the three of them all know each other and capture snakes together, but at no point are they ever working together in this movie, even though they all know each other and work together. I feel like there was a big uh, falling out. Uh, John Voight wasn't getting enough of uh, the jambalaya, his share, oh, obviously. Yeah. Oh, I cook it. I catch a fish. I catch a catfish. I cook a gumbo. You know, give me my share. <laughs> there are stolen glances between Mateo and John Voight, though. So I think they might be in cahoots. They just like... Mateo just gets murdered before they can do anything about it. That, that would be funny if they, like, found a book in John Voight's bag or something like that. His bag with his dynamite that was like, me and Mateo are going to take these suckers out. I hope he doesn't get eaten by a snake before we can enact our plan. Oh, no, he got eaten by a snake. Yeah, I hope he. Uh, they don't find out he's my crush. <laughs> oh, I hope nobody tells Mateo I have a crush on him. <laughs> yeah, and then the rest of the film is mostly about his crush and his yeah. undesired unfounded love well and it's it's mostly about mateo finding a note this is do you like me yes no maybe and thinking it's from j-lo obviously but then it's not it's from john Voight, and he goes i i would have never guessed we've known each other for 34 years i would have never guessed that, that you were in love with me this whole time john Voight. whole time though whole time he, he's got a lot of love in his eyes john Voight, his character in this yeah. movie but not like he doesn't uh, talk about it a lot. No, but you know inside he's full of love. He's full of love and he loves love. Oh, yeah. He's full of love, love. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, John Voight, just, you know what maybe the weirdest part of this movie is? Little Bird? No, that's great. I'm falling in love with one of your little birds. The fact that uh, J-Lo and Eric Stoltz are a couple in this movie. That's weird, right? That doesn't make any sense. It's gross almost. Just the way Eric Stoltz talks, acts, and moves around is just creepy and no like woman would find that attractive. I feel like you would just feel like a big vat of horse glue. <laughs> <laughs> glue me up, Stoltz. That's what she said every morning. Glue me up glue before me up. you go go. Oh, I'm not hanging out with going solo. Who was your favorite uh, character out of the uh, ensemble? John Voight, duh. Cajun John Voight, <laughs> the best. It's not even. There's no one even comparable to him. Oh, except for maybe Ice Cube. He's pretty great Ice too. Ice Cube. Yeah, Ice Cube's fun. It's He's a very distant second just because John Voight takes over the movie. He's saying ridiculous lines. He's shooting people. He's murdering them with his legs. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's, doing, he's doing so much crazy stuff. The movie's more about him than on Anaconda. Do you think that he ch he choked that woman to death to like prove to the Anaconda that they're not the only ones that can suffocate people? That he was like, look at me. I'm just as good as you, Anaconda. I'm big, solemn man who can strangle <laughs> like the best of them. I can see heat too. Oh, I bet. <laughs> I download a heat too. I'm going to watch it. I love Val Kilmer. I'm going to watch heat too. Jump Voight says anacondas are perfect killers, but then the only fact <laughs> he gives to support that is that they can see heat. I thought you were going to say, John Voight says anacondas have perfect clits. <laughs> Their mouths and jaws kind of look like vaginas. Kind of. They got it going on. Especially that shot from inside when we see, like, inside the anaconda as it swallows John Void whole. Spoiler alert. Oh. That was gross. I, I really didn't need to see that. What I did need to see is um, Owen Wilson when he's in the anaconda and oh. the anaconda swimming by. It's my favorite shot in the whole movie. The CGI anaconda swimming under the water with just Owen Wilson's face pressed up against the inside of it it's very funny why are his eyes yeah, sunken in and hollow <laughs> why why does I think he look that's where the hundred thousand dollars per second came from well that would probably cost more they had to model owen wilson's whole face and then blend it into the snake yeah they had to wrap him around in snake skin and get the visuals <laughs> for it i love when john Voigt just rolls out like a roll of snake skin like it's paper towel and just goes like oh this is a snake and then Ice Cube's like, that's a big snake. He goes, oh, this three, four years old. This snake, much bigger now. It's a big snake. 
and everybody's super impressed. They uh, they're impressed with his knowledge and impressed with uh, snakes and how big they can get. Oh yeah, I, you know what? You know what my favorite line in this entire movie is? What's that? When John Voight goes, he gonna be all right after he gives Eric Stoltz a tracheotomy with a pen, with a big pen, just stabs him in the throat and shoves a pen in there. And goes, ah, he gonna be all right. <laughs> I mean, I guess, bro. He got stung in the mouth by a poisoned wasp that you put in there or something? Yeah, he definitely put that in there. How? And, uh, apparently, he didn't like feel it in his mouth right away. Yeah, or in his mask he, or anything. Yeah, he dove for a little bit before it got sucked in and he got poisoned and almost drowned. Yeah, he was shooting he does ropes. the tracheotomy thing where they cut the throat and he puts like a tube in there so he can... Breathe, which is, was in a lot of 90s and 80 movies. But I feel like Anaconda was like the start of that. Like Anaconda, even though it was 1997, started the craze that took place in the 80s and 90s. And like if you look at the neck skin, it's just Play-Doh. It's just goo <laughs> when he like <laughs> knifes yeah. into it. It doesn't react like skin at all. No, he just like mushes it in. And Eric Stoltz goes, don't, yeah. push, don't push too hard, John Voight. We're acting. Don't forget we're acting. Like, from the side, he cuts it in. It's not even, like, a very detailed cut. It's just, like, smush cut. Yeah, the camera cuts away. We don't have we don't have the money to put Eric Stoltz in, like, his head in the floor and then put a fake neck on him. We don't have money for that. But, of course, John uh, Voight saw this coming. He knew they wouldn't want to go down the uh, river the way he wanted to no. go down. So this forces them to go back to the village he was talking about and go down the river his way. Nobody calls him out for his constant bullshittery in this movie. When they get to that, like, wooden wall built across the river, and Jayla's like, I thought you knew this river. And he goes, oh, this, oh, this new here on the river. And she goes, nobody goes, it's covered in vines. It's like hundreds of years old. What are you talking about? This wasn't built yesterday. Oh, that part? Yeah, that's new. It's, nobody built that. It's somebody, I don't know. John Boy, why? He has no reason. No, he's also got like 400 sticks of dynamite. Nobody goes, why Why do you have all that dynamite? Oh, we got to prepare to blow up the wall. Well, you but. see, I, I put that wall there a couple days ago. <laughs> <laughs> I built that wall, put all the sticks on it, I put a vine on it, and uh, we're going to blow it up. Well, I'm going to scam you to catch an anaconda, and I'm, <laughs> then I'm going to be a millionaire, and then I'm going to kill little birds. Yeah, I'm gonna choke out a little bird. I'm gonna choke her out like a bird in my hand. <laughs> that would have been a great moment for John Boyd to just like lay out the whole plot of the movie and give him every single detail of his plan. When John Voight kills little bird, he is sitting on the deck, tied to a pole, and from a sitting position, he jumps five feet in the air and wraps his legs around her neck. It's an incredible feat of athleticism. Man is doing squats. He he didn't yeah. even have any ropes or pulleys pulling him up. He just jumps shoulder high to little bird, <laughs> to little bird, and ch chokes her out to <laughs> death. <laughs> yeah, he just gets her, and he's like praying while he does it. He's like Spirit Santo. It's like, oh my god, that's crazy, man. Ay ay ay. All the Spanish in Paraguay is absolutely insane. It's so beautiful and uh, biting, but. She is trying to maybe kill him or hurt him because her lover, Owen Wilson, mm -hmm. has uh, been killed by an anaconda because John Boyd didn't want it to get shot. No, he was, uh, and he caught the anaconda to begin with. He was like fishing for it with uh, with a, a dead monkey on a rope. <laughs> Which would work. That makes sense. Yes, anacondas love monkeys, clearly, because he dumps a bunch of monkey blood on them at the end of the movie to attract the anaconda. When, like, clearly it's been shown that they love just people, too. You don't need the monkey blood. They'll eat people, no problem. They love them. And it's very evident that it's corn syrup and red dye. Oh, yeah. I think it said it was, like, <laughs> jello or something like that. Uh, these internet freaks don't know anything, except for how much it costs per per second, uh, second per yeah. CG. But it's it's monkey blood is what it is. Actual monkey blood. They killed monkeys, drained their blood into a bucket. Didn't you see their hand? The hand, the monkey hand sitting there dripping blood into the bucket? That's classic. Well, it is California. <laughs> it, yeah, it is Kami Paraguay. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, the anaconda strike. It holds you tighter than your true <laughs> love. You get the pleasure of hearing your bones break. Which uh, death was your favorite? 
Well, here's the thing. All the deaths in this movie are exactly the same. The anaconda wraps them up and then bites them on the head and then eats them whole. So I guess John Voight's because he gets regurgitated later and it's great. Nah, or maybe Owen Wilson's because you see his face in the anaconda. Maybe that one. That one's great. I really like Richie Rich's butler because he jumps uh, from mm. a high uh, plane and the anaconda catches him and wraps him upwards and then eats him. It's pretty but good. Like, you can't really beat regurgitation. I mean, he catches him by the face. Like, he doesn't just, he yeah. just like grabs his head. That'd be horrible. What a horrible way to die. Oh, yeah. Uh, whenever I actually think about people's deaths in uh, film, and if that were to happen to me, it's it's no fun. Dying no. is not cool. Not in these movies, no. You brought the Anaconda devil. I don't want none. You brought the devil. Oh, there's devil inside everyone. And then he bugs his <laughs> eyes out at little bird. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> That's really funny. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know if you have been watching Comedy Bang Bang. No. Nope. But... Uh, one of them uh, was talking about this movie and saying the line, danger is a sighting. And uh, <laughs> I've had that in yeah. my mind for like the last two years. <laughs> That's and it true. was very fun to revisit. Uh, he does say that to Owen Wilson. Yeah. Danger is exciting. And that's to lure him in to, like, get onto his plan of catching an anaconda instead of, like, <laughs> fleeing and going to a hospital. You're bozo, Owen Wilson. Oh, we're going to make a million dollars if we catch an <laughs> anaconda. Who's going to – whom's is going to make a million dollars? What do you – how? For what? From yeah, a zoo? It's crazy that he says danger, it's a sighting, and then all of a sudden Owen Wilson starts talking like him. Yeah. Wrote the rest of the movie. <laughs> wow, it's going to be exciting. <laughs> Anaconda. Oh, wow. I love an anaconda. Oh, this wine. Is it bad wine day? Is there something about the atmospheric <sighs> pressure that's making it more acidic? It might be, yeah. The barometric pressure, it might be, yeah. Because yeah. this you... wine is not hitting like it usually does. Did you notice that when Eric Stoltz stabs uh, John Voight in the back with a tranquilizer, John Voight goes, oh, darn. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, but it makes sense. What else are you gonna say? Oh, Dawn, you got oh, me. Dawn. Oh, Dawn. Well, he's like mid sixties at this point. If if he dies, it's an odd darn moment. That's true. He's so spry for sixties though. He's such a spry guy. He's a spry guy. He definitely doesn't have his JL family ranch or orphan horse uh, limp. Maybe built. maybe he got it making this movie. He probably did. Mm -hmm. Probably when that snake squeezed him. He was like, oh, my hip. Oh, you bust my hip wide open. Oh, this is the second worst thing to ever happen to me in the bayou. Oh, first was being Angelina Jolie's dad. That's the yeah, worst Yeah, that is thing. a tough gig. It's the worst thing that ever happened to him. I feel sorry for you, John Boyd. Sorry for you, John Boyd. Sorry for you, John I, Boyd. I, I was pleasantly surprised that Ice Cube and uh, J-Lo were the final... Uh, characters in this movie and Eric Stoltz. Oh yeah, Eric Stoltz. <laughs> you have to have a white man at the end. I of course, yeah. He slept through the whole movie. He sleeps through the whole movie. <laughs> like I, but walk up just in time to stab John Voight with a dart, yeah, and then back to sleep. Yeah, and then oh, good night. Oh, I took all my strength. Good night, everyone. I'm out of here. Yeah, he missed the whole final. I guess he he yeah. wasn't uh, tied up in that building, just like J Lo and uh, Ice no. Cube. He didn't send the anaconda through the stack. No, I know. And uh, light it on fire. No, he wasn't eaten and then regurgitated. I like. I love that no. John Voight captures them and just goes like, Nah, I'm not gonna worry about Eric Stoltz. He's fine. He he asleep. <laughs> he fine. He's gonna be fine. He's a simple little baby bird. Oh, I fall. Hey, Jesus, I fall in love with one of your little birds. Is this, this going to be a listenable episode? I don't I was, know. Believe it or not, I was just thinking how this episode's going to be unlistenable. <laughs> Funny or not, like, who cares uh, when you're listening to us go, oh, crawl, dad. Oh, monkey blood. I'll kill you, you son of a bitch. Or don't get me upset. I can't believe that they film the Shimishama. Yeah. At the end of this, without their permission. Oh, yeah, well, without protection. Well, they pull out the camera, get to filming. Hey, this is a untapped tribe, man. Right. Get, get some cigs. <laughs> give him some darts first. <laughs> give him a Marlboro before you give him a camera and steal their souls. Yeah, trade uh, their film rights for a carton of Marlboros, <laughs> of course. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's an ice cube. He's, oh, I brought, I brought all these Marlboros to trade with the... It's me, Ice Cube. I trade all these Marlboros <laughs> to the Shimmy Shamo. Everybody talks about like a Cajun uh, gentleman by the end of this movie. Oh, yeah, because they all love John Voight so much that they started taking on his affectations. It'd be funny if the Shibishama uh, talked at the end and they sounded like John Boyd, <laughs> like they just <laughs> dubbed over their voices with John Boyd. Oh, welcome to Paraguay. We're so happy to have you here. <laughs> yeah, deep untouched jungle. <laughs> you still run into John Boyd everywhere. John Boyd's everywhere, baby. That's what John Boyd Summer's all about. Everywhere you look, it's John Boyd. He's just going to be vomited up by a snake and he's winking at you. That's the craziest part of the movie. He's puked up by the snake and he winks at J-Lo. Clearly dead. Doesn't have uh, any life left in him, but he he has enough life to wink at J-Lo, saying that she's the winner. She she was the real uh, champion. Yeah. Oh, your ass looks so fat, no pants, J-Lo. I'm going to show a wink at you. He does get to make out with J-Lo during this movie. (laughs) I mean, he does. It's true. He does get to make it with J-Lo. It's kind of wild. Yeah, kind of gross, kind of wild. Well, it's not, I mean, she's coming on to him. Granted, she is a honeypot, but even still, she's like, oh, maybe we could, oh, John Ford, maybe we could 69 to figure <laughs> out some kind of agreement to get back to the mainland. And then he gets hit in the head with a golf club and he goes, oh, I was going to 69 J-Lo. That's ridiculous. Maybe if I film you, you could film me. <laughs> My anaconda don't want none. Unless you got buns, hon. And she goes, well, I do. It's crazy to me that they don't use that uh, song, especially since during the credits, they just play, like, crappy score music. They don't have any song during the credits. Have hey. My Anaconda Don't Want None. Hey, that song was done by Randy. That score was done by Randy Endelman, all right? So don't don't be besmirching it, all right? I th- I, it's, I, it's a fine uh, score yes. for, like, drinking tea in London, England. Yes. But I don't think it fits the end of Anaconda. After being through that emotional journey, through the dank forest of middle America. Dank. You you want to listen to my anaconda don't want none? Of not, course. <laughs> <laughs> of course, that's uh, that's how you know it's good is if you get to hear a little bit of my anaconda, a little bit of buns on. That's how it goes down in the bayou. Oh. Now, Adam, <laughs> and don't look don't look into the eyes of those you kill. They will haunt you forever. I know. <laughs> now. Th- this is the voice that I've attributed to John Boyd in this movie now. <laughs> I can't hear him talking any other way. Well, it's because it's a perfect impression of John Boyd in this movie. <laughs> right. That's what it was. Come That's on. Come on, babies. When he's throwing all the snakes into the river. Remember that? When they blow up the bridge and all the snakes land on the boat. And he's like, oh, look at all these baby snakes. I'm go back <laughs> to your mother's, babies. And he's throwing the snakes back in the river. It's beautiful. He's very gentle with the small baby snakes. Did you know that they had trouble filming this in the Amazon rainforest what? because people were afraid of snakes? Ice Cube? No, J-Lo. No, Ice Cube's like, ah, I'm from L.A. I ain't never seen a snake in L.A. It was probably Little Bird. Yeah, definitely Little Bird. Yeah, for sure. She wanted to frick Owen Wilson and be done with it. Who doesn't? Well... The jungle does get you extremely horny, and they were epitomes of this. Like, I do love that Owen Wilson just shoots his shot right at the start of the movie. They've been on the boat for two hours, and he's like, you know, wow, this this jungle get me real horny. This jungle making me real horny. What about you, little bird? It It is weird. The first time I saw this movie, I uh, didn't think they were a couple going in. Mm. But in the second viewing, it definitely comes off that they have been seeing each other forever. Oh, they're married as far as I'm concerned. Show me the finger. Hey. And now they're both dead. So together in hell forever. Anaconda forever. Hey, do you know there's like four sequels to this movie, including one where it's that's a crossover with Lake Placid where a snake fights a crocodile? That's cool. Is there an Anaconda Forever? Because that's a great title. Uh, <laughs> there might be a, a Lake Placid Forever. Which has an Anaconda. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, Lake Placid versus... It's literally called Lake Placid versus Anaconda. <laughs> which, 
great excellent titles you can't go wrong with lazy but also excellent yeah lazy but perfect you know what it is you already know what it is well i searched anaconda forever and nothing comes up no it's called like anaconda search for the blood orchid there's a whole bunch of blood orchid stuff in the in the sequels and who cares pharmacy companies who cares no ice cube no j-lo just give me big fat wet anacondas right I will say that I I got lazy and started writing Ice Cube's name as Ice Cub, and I think that's a much better name for him, Little Ice Cub. Oh, maybe when he hits his 70s or something. He's yeah. got to be close. How great are Ice Cube's three little triangular moles next to his right eye? That's a good look for him. Yeah, it looks like Orion's belt. It's cute. Well, you know, the... Uh... <laughs> Shit, I was trying to remember the line from Men in Black. The something, no. the something is on Orion's belt. What is that? Yeah. yeah, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that's what he says. Yeah, the something is on Orion's belt. Woo, just be random black galaxy. men in New York. Woof. Well, next week when we do Men in Black, we'll, uh, we can talk all about it. Is John Floyd in Men in Black? Is he yep. one of those aliens on the screen? He plays Asian J. <laughs> what if we reviewed... <laughs> Men in Black and just called what's his face's character John Boyd the whole movie Will Smith and he's just like oh I'd just be random black people in New York he would go oh that's what I call a whooping I guess that's more from Wild Wild West but it's still good I was thinking more of I thought of his name and I couldn't think of it again Tommy Lee Jones Tommy Lee Jones oh Will Smith, Tommy Lee Jones, oh, and John Boyd. Sugar. Sugar and water. More. <laughs> That's just a side character. Oh, Ergo, your skin's hanging off your bones. <laughs> yeah, definitely unlistable. This is good podcasting. <laughs> yeah, this is good podcasting. We're going to win a party for this one. Steve, what did you think of 1997's Anaconda? Well, we haven't brought this up, baby, but it's a tight 90. Oh, tight. And any movie that's under 90 minutes or tight 90 uh, for this podcast is the perfect movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> truly. It's the only. Uh, it's great. It's the only uh, yardstick we can measure by is how close to a tight 90 is this movie. And that's why we love Jail Family Ranch. That's why we love Jail Family Ranch, the wedding present. And that's why we love Anaconda. Although I do think Orphan Horse was a little longer than 90 minutes. But it was close enough. Um, I also thought the cinematography was absolutely delightful. I think it was spot on. No, I thought it was uh, The bayou was shining like a Christmas uh, orange. Now, Adam, what did you think uh, about Anaconda and how it relates to Christmas? Well, uh, <laughs> I thought that watching it, I kept thinking, my Anaconda don't want none unless you got buns, hun. <laughs> yeah, so it was really hard to watch the film because you're thinking about your penis. I just time. kept thinking about my penis the whole time. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was the hardest part. Oh, hard like my penis. Uh, <laughs> What? The wine has gone. Oh, the wine has gone into me, pal. I'm a little cut. I don't know how I'm... my wife and I are supposed to go for a walk later, and I don't know how I'm going to do that. Thirty minutes of exercise keeps you healthy, wealthy, and horny, just like the jump ball. The best thing about being a teen girl is getting to have a cowgirl summer. Oh, this is the Pure Boys, a Georgia podcast. But God told us to change. Oh, love you. Oh, yeah, we lo- I love you. I love you. I love you. We love you, please. Feel the attraction. Horses and teens are what a dream. Oh, want to be free and free to ride some horses. Man. I feel like a cowgirl. This is our John Boy theme song.